I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, welcome to the post-match reaction. I'm Dan Robinson, joined here very late on Thursday evening by Matt Kendrick as Aston Villa have got their first points in the Group E of the Europa Conference League after a 1-0 win against HSK Zurinsky Mostar. Matt, how are you? Just trying to adjust my microphone because it's covering my lovely face. Uh, I'm buzzing. To be honest, I, I love a, I love an injury time winner. I Who really doesn't? do. My son was saying he prefers to win five nil, um, which I get. I get the vibe, and I did enjoy the six one at the weekend. But there's something uh, when you when you think you know you think there's nothing but despair ahead of you, and then you just go and do it with with kind of minutes or seconds left. Love it, mate. Love it. Yeah, this could have been a very different podcast, couldn't it? Without that uh, last minute winner from John McGinn, ninety fourth minute winner. You, you know, I absolutely love to see it, don't you? Uh, just as I was starting to think, who's going to take this game by the scruff of the, the neck, and is one of these chances actually going to fall to the to the right player at the right time? Up, uh, up pops Matty Cash with a great ball for John McGinn, a lovely little header as well, and a, a cracking celebration as well from from the Scotsman as well. Um, we probably won't. Well, we always say let's try and keep this to half an hour. I think we'll get away with doing this for less, considering the time. Uh, for the bulk of the audience that are watching this on Friday morning, good morning. Uh, I hope you recovered after last night. I've literally been in the door less than five minutes, so forgive me if I'm one slightly out of breath from running up the stairs, and two a little bit all over the place because I've, I've not seen anything back from the game uh, apart from a few tweets and stuff on the way back in the car. Uh, I suppose we'll start where we always do with uh, the kind of the, well, obviously we will talk about the game, but the bulk of it is just the uh, the elation of a last minute winner. What did you make of the, the team selection and, and the level of rotation tonight? And in the end, we've won, so it's kind of like, oh, well, it worked. But, um, yeah, it wasn't as convincing as maybe we would hoped it hoped it to have been. Yeah, it's become a bit of a common theme, hasn't it, in these, these cup games? You know, a bit like a broken record, repeating that the... The reserve, the, the understudies aren't as good as the as the main cast list, which is stating the obvious. I know otherwise they'd be playing playing every week, but I thought it looked disjointed um, mm. at times. To be fair to our opposition, um, I thought they did a good job on us. To be honest, I thought sporting tactics, you know, time wasting, uh, lots of people behind the ball, and very rare kind of counter attacks. I thought they 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 came and did a a really good job. Um, but it was it was frustrating. Um, but we got the win. Uh, I didn't think it was coming, Dan. I really didn't. Um, I thought we'd blown it. I thought it'd be, it and it had been a really damaging lack of lack of victory, shall I say? But it's almost like the group press reset on the group now, um, yeah. and it's almost like we start it from now, don't we? 
Yeah, it's uh, everybody in the group is on three points with a zero goal difference. So, yeah, we might as well have uh, applied zero games and all be on zero. Uh, Villa's next game is Alkmaar away, isn't it? So, a huge game for the kind of complexion of the group. I was expectant of that level of rotation, I think. I've, I've said for a couple of games now after Legia and Everton that the biggest position for me is goalkeeper. And if, if Martinez is fit and ready, he should be playing. And I think you can... I said you could probably get away with rotating the other 10 players as long as Martinez plays. You should be fine, which is probably a bit of an overstatement. But he is the kind of key cog to everything we do at the back and instills that confidence in us um, playing out as well. Yeah, six six changes, was it, I think, throughout the rest of the team off the top of my head, which was was about right. But I think we're, we're still seeing a little bit of evidence of, well, if we start with our strongest side when we can, if we were three and up at half time, for example, you take off some of those some of those main characters, like you just said, rather than having to bring on uh, Douglas Louise, Ollie Watkins, and somebody else at half time. Matty Cash, of course, yeah. Uh, you're kind of having to go. Okay, we need we need the the main guys in now to, to try and get something. The first half wasn't great, was it? And the second half was better, uh, much better from from Villa. But it just felt like one of those games that we were going to come onto this and say just one of those nights wasn't it Matt you know it just didn't fall for us that's how it felt and it, it was turning into a little bit of a, a frustrating evening if not for that uh, that last minute winner I think the dangerous thing about playing making that many changes and playing that many of your reserves is I thought there was a lack of urgency and, and mm. tempo in there um, you know we've probably come to Telemans again who I, I didn't think was was particularly great tonight Dendonka midfield of Dendonka and Telemans they probably do need to be playing week in, week out to be to be absolutely sharp. And I just mm. thought we kind of lacked energy there. And then you've got Concer playing at right back, so you, you're lacking an attacking incentive, I think, down down that flank as well. And I just thought it all all fell a bit flat. But I thought the one thing that Emery did really well was to make those changes nice and early so that it did give us the impetus and the initiative at the start of the second half. I know it took a long while for that to pay off. Um but I think it was really, really kind of positive changes that he that he made. Um, I suppose you could say his other substitute was was involved because he fed cash. Uh, Troy Ray fed cash the ball for the goal as mm, well. So yeah. all's well that ends well. I think the the key thing is, I think Unai Emery has more faith in his reserves than a lot of us do, um, and hopefully, hopefully that that will pay off. He, he eventually did tonight, um, but I do worry that we we see this pattern of a team that just seems a little bit devoid of ideas and energy and a little bit sluggish. Um, but ultimately, we've got there. He's kept a lot of his first team fresh for a big match in the Premier League at the weekend. So we have to, have to bow down to uh, to the master, I think. Yeah, I think the performance we saw was what you would expect from the level of rotation that we saw, that it was a disjointed side and that, that gives you a disjointed performance. And in these group games, at least, it's just about getting the points on the board where you can to qualify which isn't knockout football but you have got to probably win four of the six and, and Villa can obviously still still go on and do that and it's important that they win the group because if they finish second they have a playoff round to get through to the knockouts and it's, it's obviously two extra games that they could do without so winning the group is vastly important um, but yeah just a disjointed performance given the, the level of rotation which is you know, frustrating because, as John said, once you've got to kind of play these players into form and give them minutes for sharpness, but that's just never going to happen, is it? Telemans and Dendonka aren't going to be starting games together. And when they're thrown into the, the fire like they are, they don't look quite ready. And that's 
a bit of a concern that the the, the guys behind the, the starting 11, 12, 13 players aren't as comfortable as we'd like, probably. I think if Dendonka and, and Thielemans were playing week out, week in, week out in the Premier League, you'd see better performances from them. Um, but because they're not getting that, that's that's part of the problem. I'm just going to read a couple of comments that I picked out early on. David Stahl says, is this the X-rated Claret and Blue Knights episode? Uh, I guess we could swear and stuff if you, if you want to, Matt, but I, I will refrain from that. But it is it is late. We're recording this at half 11 on Thursday. Um, Adam agrees with you. Hate seeing concert at right back. Offers nothing going forward, although he's a, a very good footballer. It's not his natural role, as we know. Uh, Peter Noakes says we can't play without Louise, who, again, we all know is, is instrumental. A uh, couple of ones for Emmy Martinez. Stuart says Emmy saved. World world class. I assume that's how he wants the to sound. Uh, two great saves from Emmy tonight. Says Nick. Yes, kept us in the game, and I don't want to be that guy, but I feel like if Olsen played, we probably do concede concede there. Um, Ron, not the best performance tonight, but we got the result. That's all that matters. And Jason agrees all about the win. Now I don't want to kind of overanalyze here if there's a, even such a thing. I did wonder about the tempo of the game, whether that was intentional from Villa to begin with, that it wasn't a kind of a, a lack of quality and it was just don't let Warsaw happen. Don't let the the aside, the, the away side come here and, and get cock, um, not cocky, get confident and get their crowd behind them who were, who were good. And we'll talk about them in a second. Don't let them get their backs up and, and nick an early goal and get this tetchy, tense game that's kind of pinball. Just slow the game and maybe take, take a bit of the sting out of it. But the longer that went on, it did feel a little bit like maybe this is just a disjointed side and it wasn't intentional. Yeah, I think the Martinez save in the first half, I mean, that was the, that was the chance of the first half, wasn't it? I know Zaniolo's mm. had a spectacular kind of yeah. overhead kick that, that was saved, but that was the chance of the first half. And I think that that, you know, you said, don't let them through, don't let them in through the back door. I think if that, if you hadn't made that save, I think it would become a, a nervy night. Mm. Um, it was a nervy night anyway. But um, actually, my my lad t- told me to say that the number ninety nine, their captain, he reminded me of you. I reminded him of you. He really? got a massive slaphead. I think. I think he got a massive receding hairline. So if you put, if you Google pictures of him, he doesn't Thanks. look like you. But from a distance, from our seat, he did. <laughs> he did see, seem like the receding hairline was was a kind of nod to Rollinson. Um, Lovely. Let's. Read some comments. Ad says, would you rather start a stronger 11 and then take them off if we have a couple of goals? That's what I've been saying for a couple of games now. I thought it after every turn and I thought it, well, I know we've won tonight, but I still think if you play your strongest team where possible and you're 3-0 up at half-time, you can bring off a handful of those players and, and kind of calm calm down a little bit. Um, Gaz Oaks, we have to play Martinez concert and, Louis, and Douglas Louise in every game. It's something that's probably not going to happen, but I agree they are vastly important to us. I mean, there's a comment here, another one from Gaz, actually. Matt saying someone's got a massive slaphead. Yes, how dare you? I did not fancy coming on here at half 11 to be abused by your son via the internet. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I mean, I, I am aware that I've got a headlock and egg. I just kind of gave into it rather than persisted with it. But I reckon you've got another three or four months with that anyway. Uh, talk to me about Telemans a little bit. What did you make of him? I thought he had a couple of moments where he was just kind of pinging a, a lofty ball into no man's land a little bit and just felt a little bit like what we've seen from him so far in his Villa career that a couple of moments where you think, oh, there's a bit of quality there, but the rest of it, no, it leaves a little bit to be desired. Physically. Yeah, he just seems a little bit careless at times. I think he gave the ball away too cheaply. And there's a lot of occasions where the ball was fed back in, into him in the kind of right-hand side of the penalty area and his delivery was poor. Um, I don't know. Listen, it's early days and it's hard to, to for him to be up to speed um, when he's not kind of playing regularly in the Premier League. Uh, I don't want to write him off because he obviously comes with a, with a, a good pedigree. And he, it was interesting seeing Telemans and Dendonka. Um, whether they'd have necessarily been starters in it, I don't know, but they're p- probably part of Belgium's golden generation, as was. Um, so we've got we've got quality players there and two or three years ago both of those would have been playing regularly week in week out in two very good Premier League teams in in Leicester and Wolves who were obviously they've fallen from grace both of them now but were were both very influential in those teams and playing every week so we've got quality there Um, I just don't know you you just when, when you see them in the team rather than Louise rather than Kamara rather than Jacob Ramsey it becomes a little bit static and one paced mm-hmm. rather than the kind of high energy tempo that we we like to see Villa play at. So, listen, I, I think Telemans is a better player than we've seen so far. Um, but it, he frustrated me tonight, I must admit. Hmm. Let's focus on some positives then. Uh, I like what I'm seeing from Zaniolo a little bit, but I could say the same things about him that frustrating at times. Obviously, he's playing kind of that second striker role, wasn't he? And that we, that we normally used to see in somebody like DRB in that uh, overhead kick that you mentioned was borderline spectacular and would have uh, took the roof on Philip Parker had that gone in. But he feels a little bit to me that like once he's he gets his first goal, whenever that comes, he might maybe relax a little bit, for want of a better phrase. And I feel like sometimes he's trying a little bit too hard to make something happen out of nothing, which is great if it comes off. And uh, to be honest, at times I felt like we needed that. <laughs> That did a little bit of magic out of nowhere. Somebody to do something that you're not kind of expecting and he might be the one to do that. I think once he gets his first goal, he will take off a little bit. But there is times where you, you do feel, as Jason says there, a luxury player, maybe somebody you kind of carry in a little bit. But I don't want to be too harsh on him because I think there is talent in there. I fancied him to score tonight, I must admit. I thought, yeah. he, I thought he, he was going to score. And he obviously pulled that little bit of magic out for the, uh, for the bicycle kick. Um I think we said this after the the previous European game um, against Warsaw that when he drives and when he carries the ball with intent, I think he looks a lot more dangerous. I think mm. when you when he's playing, when he's only on the ball for, for short amounts of time, I don't think we get get to see much of him. But because tonight we didn't have Matty Cash first half and we didn't we didn't have Jacob Ramsey. I don't think when we didn't have Louise, we didn't not not that Louise is a massive ball carrier anyway, but we didn't have people who could try and carry that ball and, and advance up the pitch. You know, with the exception of, of perhaps Leon Bailey. So I think Zaniolo, when he's in full flight, 
I think he looks like a powerhouse and he looks like he can he can cause problems, but I don't think we saw enough of that. He, he possibly is a little bit of nerves again. You know, I don't don't want to get in the business of writing him off because I think I think there's a good player in there, but mm. it was all a little bit nearly and not quite for most of the match tonight until that that, yeah. that breakthrough moment. Yeah, totally agree. I, like I said, I was expecting this to be a very different conversation about what I thought it was going to be. It's about to be a nil-nil, and it was one of those nights that you just, you know, just didn't fall for Villa. Just, just one of those things. Uh, what did you make of the penalty shout? I assume, like me, you've not seen it back, but obviously VAR intervention in the Europa Conference League this time read out in English and whatever the language is that they speak. <laughs> I should know this, but I don't. The um. It was for I have seen it back. I, while I was making a cup of tea as I got through the door, I watched some of the, the highlights on YouTube on TNT and it looked like it hit him in the head first. So right. he didn't really couldn't really know where the ball was going to go after it bounced off his head. So I think it probably was the right decision. At the time I did think, why have they placed the, the screen for him to look at right in front of the ultras? You know <laughs> you know what I mean? Right the, normally on the halfway line, isn't it? Right in front of the away end. I thought, well, is he going to go and watch it on one of their phones or what? I, didn't, I couldn't work out where the screen was at first. But uh, I thought the ref was a, was interesting. I don't know where – I probably should have done my homework. I don't know where the ref was from, but I thought it was interesting. I thought he wanted to be centre of attention first mm-hmm. half. And I suppose when you're dressed like a massive fluorescent yellow highlighter pen, you are going to be centre of attention anyway. But I thought he was a little bit – I don't know. I mean, he booked McGinn. I haven't seen the McGinn one back. He booked McGinn for a dive, didn't he? In the, yeah. in the first 10 minutes, which to the naked eye looked a bit harsh. But uh, he looked like one of them refs who wanted to be, you know, the the, the showman, I suppose, for, for the first half. A um, couple of shouts in the comments that he was from Switzerland, who I assume they've seen on TV and, and know more than us. Uh, the ref wasn't interesting. He was terrible, which, yeah, probably more accurate. Um, there's the coming together between Cash and, again, one of their players, and it was... They've all got a little bit of handbags where they were both booked. Again, obviously, I've not seen it back. I don't know whether there's more in it there, but that feels like the easy decision, isn't it? There's a bit of a scuffle. Book them both. Yeah, I think if I remember rightly, I think that was when they were starting to step up their their time wasting and every five mm. minutes, one of them was going down injured in their own penalty box. And I think it was when, did their goalie throw it out for a breaking play and we threw it back to them and then Cash chased it yeah. down straight away. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what kind of prompted a little bit of bad blood. And then it was... a. A little bit of fisticuffs or a little little bit of handbags. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I, I thought they they came and were, were quite streetwise, to be mm. honest. And they obviously got a plan to to frustrate us and to and to um, to spoil it for us. But it reminded me a little bit of um, I was chatting to my lad and his mate on the car on the way back, and it was obviously the late elation was a little bit like the Watford game um, and the Leicester. Semi-final game, but it reminded me about the Watford game because I remember Ben Foster just kind of time wasting and time wasting and frustrating and frustrating so much so that in injury time it gave us enough injury time to score, yeah. score the winner. It was a bit like that today. Mm-hmm. Although the game plan was frustra- to frustrate us, the fact that we scored I don't know three or four minutes into six minutes of injury time, it, it was their undoing in the end. I think. Yeah, and that's what you're going to expect in these kind of games, aren't they? Everyone in this group and the tournament will be looking at Villa, specifically at Villa Park, and think that's going to be very difficult for us to go there and get anything. So for them to get to the the 93rd minute at 0-0, they're going to time waste, isn't they? I don't really have too much problem with that. For them to have won their first game and then get a point at Villa Park would have been brilliant for them. So I don't really care too much. I think we're going to see that as... 
the favourite in a lot of these games that we play. You know, sides are going to do things like that. A couple of comments very quickly. Everyone saying the penalty was no way a penalty. Uh, I haven't seen it back, so not a clue at the moment. Bounced off his face. Wasn't a pen. Wasn't a penalty. Hit him in the face. 100% not a penalty. Ha ha. Uh, okay, so that's cleared up all, all well and good. Um, let's talk about the goal then. Matty Cash puts the ball in for McGinn. Like we said earlier, very good header. And a great celebration, wasn't it? I'm a big fan of the big screen showing McGinn with his... I don't even know how he does it. I don't even want to try. I feel like I'm going to break my fingers. He puts his like eyes up to the... Fingers up to the eyes. I'm trying, for those that listen, I'm trying to do it. And I've given myself cramp in my finger. I like that the big screen has got... That's his celebration. That he ran down towards the corner flag. Maybe slid on his stomach, on his knees. And then went back for another run back towards the goal end, giving it big. Uh excellent and, and as we said earlier when you're kind of looking for somebody to take the scruff take the game by the scruff of the neck um john mcginn captain leader steps up and scores the winner it was a it was a brilliant goal it was brilliantly manufactured <laughs> <laughs> trying to do it again i still can't you have a go i'm not doing it i've got my specs on already i don't need to um it was um brilliantly manufactured it was, it was a great little header to be honest and mm. they defended box quite well, and there's there's quite a few kind of skirmishes or, or you know, yeah, multi box pinball, I suppose, with the ball ball bouncing around. But um, they managed to find the right angle for the cross. You know, we're quite critical of, of Matty Cash, aren't we? Sometimes with his delivery um, from those areas, but it was a great ball in, and, and how McGinn's kind of managed to glance that and direct it into the into the corner away from the keeper is brilliant. And as well as the celebration, I don't think I've ever heard a louder rendition of John McGinn's signature chant. I thought it was yeah. absolutely kind of spine tingling, I suppose. And I think it was just that, almost that release of yeah. frustration uh, and elation at the same time. It was really good. It was ringing around the ground really loud. And because it was so late, I don't know whether it's the same for you, but certainly in the top of the Trinity, because it was so late in the game, everybody stayed on their feet from the celebration all the way to the final whistle. Um yeah. So I thought it was a yeah I thought it was a, a was a really special moment a really important one. Yeah, really really good. What did you make of the atmosphere overall and the, and the whole kind of just being in Europe uh, thing? Before we talk about the away fans specifically, obviously all the European branding up around Villa Park, the the music pre match, everything done slightly differently. Uh, what did you make of it? I thought the away fans were at a at a good old time by the look of it. They were <laughs> bouncing all the way through the game. I, <laughs> it did make me laugh when the North Stand. Uh, I think they were singing something in in their in their mother tongue, and um, the North. I've Googled Stand- it since, by the way, and it's as obviously as you would expect. The main language in Bosnia and Herzegovina is Bosnian. So oh, well, there we copy go. that. We go. Well, they were singing. They were singing something in that language in Bosnian, and then the North Stand just started singing what the. <laughs> <laughs> what the FNL was that or something? Yeah, that's good. Very nice. Welcome to our uh, peak uh, European football, isn't it? That, <laughs> but um, it was funny because I could see because we're sitting directly opposite the the away fans, mm. and the uh, fella, I can't think. I think he was wearing a, a grey jumper and a hat, possibly with my dodgy dodgy vision. <laughs> Almost like the conductor. I think there's somebody yeah, yeah. with a megaphone next to him, and the conductor. Who I don't think he watched any of the game. I think his job was purely just to to bring the the, the kind of choir together. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought they were good. I think they they came came to enjoy themselves. We're, we're quite close to to kind of stealing stealing the draw. Yeah, I thought yeah. the Villa. I thought Villa's atmosphere in terms of the home crowd. I thought we kind of cranked it up when we needed to. Um, yeah. 
and obviously it, it built into a crescendo at the end. Uh, but it was decent. I, I, I don't know whether it was because it was European football, but I like a fairly packed, it wasn't a full house, but I like a fairly packed Villa Park in front, under the floodlights of any occasion. Um, but it would have been a damp squib, wouldn't it, if it had ended ended nil nil. Um, yeah. But I don't. I don't know what you. I mean, some of the some of the branding and the and the, the little banners looked a little bit cheap and amateurish. I think that the ones that were on the what was well, it on I the window and stuff. But you got to yeah. try. Haven't you? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I, I thought it was interesting. This is such a, a, a nothing. This point really that the the branding was up on the, the Witten side and the TV cameras were in that side, so you wouldn't see them anywhere. Uh, I don't know what was on the Trinity side because obviously I'm in it, so I can't see like where you've got when you walk in through the concourse when you're in the stadium side, like the the banners that are normally up, like the walls, let's say Castor or whatever. Some of those were the Conference League ones, and they were good. Um, I was just thinking this is such a stupid point. I wish it said Champions League instead of Europa Conference League and all the little bands and stuff. I wish it said even the Europa League. Uh, but yeah, absolutely doesn't doesn't matter. A few comments talking about the atmosphere that it didn't sound great on TV. And when I got back, um, my mum had had it on and she said that uh, even their fans didn't sound great on TV as well, which I thought was, was strange because they were singing throughout the game and, and were good. They had the power road, didn't they, going off, which I know you're not allowed it, but that looked quite good as well. They had the big ultras flag. I've seen some bits after, which I have not been able to confirm about Nazi salutes, which is obviously not what we want to see. So I don't want to sit here and say they were great fans if that's what they were doing. Besides all that, though, uh, I thought up until that, they were good. And the thing that you were talking about when it was like orchestrating the chant, I think that was just Zurinsky they were shouting, is what I thought it was. But it was like that bellowing kind of dark dark deep kind of european football sound where like there's a bit of silence and then they shout it and a bit of silence and they shout it um and then yeah the north stand giving them back was that was like a nice kind of summary of oh, welcome back to, to european football for villa park yeah like i said i don't i don't know if there's any of those unsavory things that you said i mean that's probably underplaying it the word unsavory <laughs> if they are been doing those salutes but the bits that i saw um I did think when the pyros get started getting let enough, I thought, blimey, there's more flares than Dan's dad's wardrobe there. But um, don't don't tell him, <laughs> don't tell him that. Uh, <laughs> no, I thought it was. I thought I thought the atmosphere was was decent. It's better, a lot yeah. better than the previous week against Everton. Anyway, let's put it that way. Of course, yeah, exactly. Uh, there'll be loads of other little talking points around the game. Of course, we are 25 minutes in and it's almost midnight, so I'm keen to wrap up very soon. Me and John might do another podcast tomorrow to uh, look ahead to Wolves and I'll get some of his thoughts on the game as well with anything that we've missed tonight. Just something away from, um, obviously, tonight's game a little bit. The England squad was announced uh, this afternoon. Ollie Watkins is in it. Ezri Contra is not. Uh, just your thoughts generally on that England squad announcement, please. Yeah, I think it's easy for, for us Villa fans to give Gareth Southgate a kick in um, sometimes, so I might as well. Um, I don't know, there was just a quote, there's just a, some of his comments talking about kind of 
recency bias. And mm. I think he was trying to say that with Ollie Watkins, it wasn't recency, but recency bias. And I haven't just called him up because I was at Villa Park to see him score a hat-trick against Brighton. But I just, I don't know. I don't know. It felt a little bit, if you rated him for a while, why haven't you? Why haven't you picked him sooner, basically? Yeah. Um, and it was almost as if Ollie Watkins has suddenly just emerged on the scene when when we know that's the case. Uh, and if anything, with Southgate, it's more kind of legacy bias because we've still got the likes of Maguire, um, yeah. you know, Calvin Phillips. Um, was Henderson in again? Yeah. We, we've still got, got people like that who are kind of living off. Pascal always makes it sound as if it was five years ago, but certainly players who aren't, aren't playing at that competitive standard regularly um, anymore. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's one of those ones, isn't it, where I've, I've made my feelings known about Villa players being called up for England many times before. I want Ollie Watkins to sign that contract before he gets his head turned by mixing with anybody in, in, in the England squad. And the noises from um, the noises from Emery saying he's pretty, did he say 100%? 100% confident yeah. that he's going to sign that contract? Um, you know, that interests me more than, than Ollie Watkins playing for England, to be honest. The point stands, though, I, I, I still don't get what Ezri Conson needs to do to get in there. I think he's one of, if not the best English centre-half playing at the moment. Yeah, he's definitely lost me. Okay, uh, hopefully he comes back. Ezra Conscious has definitely been there. I mean, talk about recency bias, Lewis Dunks in the squad after conceding six to Villa, while Ezra Conscious is still nowhere to be seen. It's nice for Ollie Watkins to be in there, and I want, I've said before, I want Villa players to be in the England squad to, to get that kind of recognition. But I don't really care about him playing for England because I don't, probably won't even feature when we're talking about like, you know, why is he only in there now? We've all seen the stats of his goal-scoring record as an English player without penalties, just behind Harry Kane. I think most uh, goal contributions under Unai Emery since he's been here, only behind Haaland and Salah, again, for goal contributions over the last, maybe just this calendar year, I'm not quite sure. He should have been in there months ago to, to only call him up now and then claim recency bias when, as you said, Matt, very, very rightly so, he's still picking Maguire and Henderson. I don't get it, but ultimately, Southgate's England bore the life out of me anyway, so I don't really care. Yeah, just a, before we go, there's just a couple of things that that I wanted to mention as well. There's no, I know I'm obsessed with this. People must be bored of it. There was no halftime entertainment at all. Oh, yeah, tonight was that, and I come up, I've come up with a name for it as well. Have you? Okay, send it to eleven. SWAT and shot. Do you like it? Yeah. They have to answer. They have to answer questions. And then they yeah. have to take a shot. Yeah. No, you're not having that. Um, and the other thing that that really, really pleased me. Did you see? Did you see McGinn's shoulder barge about five minutes into the game? Yes. I Good love fan. that. The kid, the, the the other fella bounced off him so much. You know, it reminded me of. Um, <laughs> it reminded me of. Have you ever seen like a dad on the Dodgems who's like really <laughs> kind of confident and just kind of embracing, you know, embracing whatever it is the. Uh, the contact, I suppose, it was like that. Mm. Just McGinn, there was no doubt that McGinn was gonna gonna win that. You could almost see the kind of mischief in his eyes. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I'm glad he got the goal tonight, McGinn, because I, th- I think, you know, like you said, sometimes you need somebody to to come and 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 make that moment happen and to to come and drag you 
drag you through. Uh, and mm. I thought it was a was a captain's captain's moment. Um, but yeah, I think that's that was it for me. The only the only other other thing was um, let's go to bed. Come on, not together. I promised a shout out to a lad called Ammo from Stourbridge. Okay. Who collared me when I was putting goal nets up at Britannia Park in in Rowley Regis on Sunday morning? So he actually got me out of putting the goal nets up. To be honest, it was a convenient distraction. So uh, he's a big Villa fan and a big uh, a big big follower of the show. So big shout out to Ammo as well. Lovely. Okay. All right. Yes, absolutely. It's four minutes to midnight on Thursday. Thank you very much, Matt, for um, chatting with me. Thanks, everyone, for watching along live as well. Almost 500 people watching at this time. Fair play to you. Uh, like I said before, the majority of this will be people watching tomorrow. If you're watching on YouTube, obviously I can't edit edit out any of the problems with Matt's connection because this was live. Uh, for the audio listeners, hopefully I've now to tidy that up a little bit as well. Um, Matt, thanks for joining me. It's job done, isn't it, for Villa? As much as the performance wasn't uh, brilliant tonight, it's three points on the board in Group E. Uh, we go again in a few weeks, I assume, and it's Wolves uh, this Sunday in the Premier League when it, me and John might do another show, uh, I say tomorrow, in four minutes' time. Um, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, got, thanks um, all for watching. Oh, here we we've go. Got, we've got somebody bag- begging you for a shout-out on here. Leighton Taylor. M. Leighton Taylor. Leighton Taylor. Yep. I remember that one. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't ring a bell. Uh, shout out to Leighton Taylor. We must have met maybe and I said I was going to give you a shout out but I don't remember. Apologies. I'm terrible for these kind of things. I, I get a lot of people. I don't say a lot. I get people come up and say like, oh, this was a, somebody that I had a lot of people say today about the show me, Max, James and Simon did about like the off the pitch matters. People say like, they, they enjoyed that one. Um, but like I, I'm terrible at remembering names and stuff and even remembering the shout out but come on it's it's three minutes to midnight now uh, so big time aren't you a little bit of slang I didn't mean it like that because it's not I'm not being swamped when I say a lot of people probably about four but that's a lot it's a lot for me and I appreciate every single one so uh, thank you very much for everyone for watching this one or listening on Spotify Matt thanks for joining me as always uh, we'll be back very soon with another show until then up the villa <laughs> <laughs>